Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Bexton and Emmy Coves, welcome to Action City. Hi, Emmy. Hi, Catherine. Oh my gosh, this is the longest week of my life. Well, how many times do you think you've said that this year? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe more than once. Definitely more than once. I keep thinking about that. I just keep thinking. We've said this like, you know, this is the worst week ever. I've never said it so many times in one year. I mean, it's pretty insane. I I don't think we could have ever predicted what this week would have been like. I mean, we're obviously over Zoom, which is why our audio is like this. But, oh my gosh, I just pray for everybody. This is insane. I'm just so hoping that people have heat and if they their power goes out, it doesn't stay out very long. I'm hoping that all the homeless people made it to a safe shelter and were warm at night. I'm just... I've never been this cold in my life and I get real cold. Yeah. This is, I mean, who would have thought I was excited. It'd be 20 degrees today. What's excited. No, it was. It'd be 20. This is exciting. <laughs> I mean, I went outside and I was like, Oh, I don't even need my coat. I it's yeah. I mean, we're going to sled this afternoon, which I feel like we haven't been able to go outside because it's been so cold for the kids. And now that it's closer to 30 degrees, we're going to try to go outside a little bit. <laughs> Well, I'm impressed. Our problem is all of our ski clothes, all of anything you would wear when it's cold like this or snowing like this, we left, we leave in Colorado. So my kids know ski, like ski clothes here. And I have to say, it's been a real problem for the past two years because we've gotten a lot of snow. And so they're so sweet. We have friends that loan them stuff, but I mean, they can't really go outside. They don't have the right shoes. They don't have anything. Yeah. I mean, that's like Huffman has like a full snowsuit, but Campbell doesn't. And so I think I'm going to like use a rain jacket and just stick her legs through the arms or something. I wish I had saved all my snowsuits that the kids had when they were little. Oh yeah. I know. That's what my mom was like. Is there somebody you can call? I was like, I'm sure there is, but it's just such a hassle. Yeah. 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 But we have so much fun outside. You'll freeze, but they'll have a blast. I mean, I don't even want to ask you what your pit is because it's, you know, I'm sure it's what everybody's is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is the, what is the pit? I mean, I feel like the pit sure. would be, yeah. yeah, this whole situation. It's insane. It's insane. Well, do you have a peak? I've cooked a lot of great meals. Does that count? That totally counts. What have you cooked? Well, let's see. I've cooked. Um, okay. Well, so last night, um, Gracie's obsessed with those like crunchy gordito tacos from Taco Bell, which is, yeah. and so I don't know if you follow the half-baked harvest on, I, I make those tacos like twice a week. Okay. So she has, so I don't know if this is, if she just did this for this, she just did this this week, but it was like the crunchy gordito taco where you put like a flour tortilla cheese on it. You make this like Doritos kind of sprinkle. Then you put the crunchy tortilla on it. Then you make the, like put the whole thing together with the meat and the cheese and some sort of like homemade spicy ranch. That was delicious. Wait, I always get half-baked harvest confused with forks over knives. I make the forks over knives, crunchy tacos, and they're like healthy. Half-baked harvest is not healthy. No, it's not that healthy. Yeah. This is her healthy version of the... the these crunchy tortillas, taco things. I was supposed to be buying like the Siete tortillas and all that business, but that was too much to ask for in a snowstorm. So it was, it was the best I could do, but everybody loved it. We made homemade wonton soup on Sunday night. Yum. Fried rice. That was great. Like I just, I've been so happy with my meals. That sounds amazing. See, I finally, last night I cooked three meals a day for everybody. And so last night I was like, Jeff, we have to get takeout. I was like, I can't do it. What was even open? Um, Tokyo sushi was open. So we got sushi. Don't tell my kids that they'll be dying. They, they've been dying <laughs> for Chick-fil-A every day. They're like, mom, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A still not open. Oh my gosh. Well, we tried to order groceries um, and Whole Foods canceled my delivery and then Sprouts canceled my delivery and then Trader Joe's was closed. Oh no. So, well, I did like on Saturday morning, I woke up at 7am and I went to five grocery stores. I went to Sprouts, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, the neighborhood Walmart, Walmart, and the Cow Win. Did you really? Yes. And then later on in the afternoon, I went back to the Sprouts. 
Oh my gosh. That was so smart. I can't like, I cannot deal. So I made all, I wrote down all my recipes, which by the way, I'd never do. (laughs) I wrote down all my recipes, all my ingredients and went and like, just knocked it out. It took me at least three hours. Wow. That's an, that's, that's very smart. (laughs) Like, see, I go to the grocery stores on Tuesdays. And so today being Wednesday, I, yeah, we've, we've run out of food. They mess you up if you have to like go to the grocery store on a Friday instead of a Tuesday. I go to the grocery store every day, just so you know, unless there's... Well, a- I think it's because my kids are still little. I'm yeah. sure when they get older, I'll probably go more than once a week. Yeah. But usually I just make a big run on Tuesdays. And so then Jeff made like an emergency run on Saturday, but he didn't get a ton of stuff, so... I can't always trust Jim to get the stuff. Like I have to... No. Like, I almost have to like take pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Send the pictures, give him like a checklist, ask him. Uh, it's yeah. yeah. It's like, by the time you've done all that, you should have just gone yourself. I should have just gotten myself. Exactly. Wait. So my p- peak was my meals. What was your peak? I think my peak was probably this morning. Cause the kids were getting along. Oh, Cause it has been God. rough. It was rough yesterday. Oh, um, so yeah. They like, so I bought, Huffman, this little like tent on Amazon. I mean, it was like, you know, $12 or something. And we sort of rediscovered it in the closet in the playroom. And so I put it up for them and they just sat in it and I could hear them giggling. And at one point I heard them go, Oh, Oh, which I know when they do that, that means they're hugging. And then Huffman was like, mommy, we just hugged. So cute. (laughs) So that was kind of my peak. Uh, I don't know. Valentine's day was pretty good. Did you have a good Valentine's day? Actually, you know what? I, I feel like this week has gone on for months. I know that's what, yeah. I feel like Valentine's day was a year ago. We did. We went, we actually ended up going to the Jones in the middle of that giant snowstorm because. Oh yeah. I saw your picture. Gracie and some friends, um, were having, they had like planned a brunch kind of Neely and some friends planned a brunch too. That might've been my pit actually, but my Gracie, (laughs) Gracie had three friends meet her at brunch. And so I did like little Valentine's bags and I made a little flower arrangement for the table. And they were so cute. They sat at their own table. They, um, they, they talked the entire time. Like they weren't on their phones. They had a three course lunch. They like lived it up. I mean, Jim and Neely and I were finished with lunch and we were like, okay, are we, are they leaving? Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> they could have stayed there all day chit-chatting. Oh, that's so cute. It was really, we actually, so we were supposed to go to Goro Izakaya and I called and the wait was an hour and it was like when it was dumping snow and I was like, I'm not waiting for an hour. And I knew in Paseo, I was like, I'm sure Frida's booked. Like, so we happened to be on 36 when we called. And so we just turned off into Iron Star. I have not had Iron Star in like 10 years. I mean, it's been a long time. Catherine, it was good. It was, was it the same menu or they had sort of rethought the menu? What did they do? I think it's the same. It's the same menu, but like, I would say this, if you're wanting to go to like whiskey cake, like, you know what I'm saying? Like a whiskey cake or what's another restaurant that's kind of in that category. Like I would go to iron star instead was kind of what I thought it was like the drinks were really, really good. And the food was good. I mean, it wasn't like super gourmet, but it was great. Like, I think we'll take, start taking our kids there. We used to take our, we had our rehearsal dinner there actually. Before, yeah. That's what you said. Before they had that big extra room over on the side. And so we took over yeah. the kitchen and my sister was a waitress there then. Oh my God. It was hilarious. She got bombed and made a totally inappropriate toast, but, but <laughs> it was a great night. And we used to go all the time when the kids were little and they have this salmon salad with like mm-hmm. top of it. Now yeah, they still have that. I have to skip the onion rings, but we we love that salad and we just haven't been there in forever. And we need to rediscover. So I think that was my peak. I think my pit has been that I'm turning 31 on Sunday and um, this is the longest week of my life. So I feel like it's kind of torturous that God is like prolonging this week <laughs> before my birthday. <laughs> like I really was like there. So I turned 30 and quarantine happened like weeks later. And then now I'm ending 30 with this, like, what are they like snow and whatever it is. So what's on your birthday list? Honestly, I didn't even ask for anything this year. Like, I don't like, what, what do we need? Like, I, 
Like I didn't, I don't know. Like I can't even, I don't know what we need. I think my mom's going to take me to get my nails done, which is like, I feel like I'm like seven again, (laughs) Um, but it's actually amazing. And then uh, the price has gone up since you were seven. Yes, definitely. Um, So she's going to take me to get my nails done. And then I think I'm getting a blowout on Saturday. And we might be going to dinner with friends, but I'm not even... We were supposed to have a trunk show on Friday and Saturday but with City Boots, but I think we're going to have to cancel. Are you? I was wondering that. By the way, did you see the model in that City Boots picture on your Instagram is on The Bachelor? Oh my gosh, stop it. How do you know that? Does it say that? Did I miss that? No, because I looked at your picture. You posted it on the Greta Sloan Instagram and the girl looked familiar and I was watching The Bachelor and I was like, wait, I think this girl's getting kicked off right now. And it was, it was her. <laughs> Same girl, stop. Yes. Oh God, and she's from like San Antonio, Texas. And so oh I think God. she's a model in San Antonio. She could go back to being the City Boots model. That's a pretty good thing. So. I was laughing, but well, let me know if you cancel the trunk show. Cause I love, love their boots. No, I need to get a pair. I really am like, it's on my list. I'll, saving yeah. missions so I can get myself a pair. Oh, I God. mean, it, it is just crazy, but you know what, you know I'm dreaming of. What are you dreaming of? I'm dreaming of the Mexican, hot the hot chocolate. Yes. And the toasted sourdough bread from heritage grains with butter that our next guest brought us. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So our next guest is Chris Castro. We sort of dubbed him as a modern Renaissance man. And after coming to Oklahoma from California, he's made his way in art, cooking, and real estate. So he really is kind of a jack of all trades. He's also, he has one of the most romantic stories of how he met his wife. It is so sweet. Um, We actually had so much fun talking to Chris that we decided to make our episode into two parts because we could not cut it down and it is our longest episode by far. So we're excited to share the first part with you all today. And then on Saturday, we are going to drop the second part. So please welcome Chris to Action City. Okay, Catherine, I feel like one of the things we definitely have in common is that if we can't do something perfectly ourselves, then we find somebody who can. And I think one of the biggest parts of working smarter, not harder, is finding amazing people who can help you. I know I love supporting local businesses and LifeSquire combines all of those things for me. I've known the owner, Valerie, for years and she really has created a one-stop shop in Oklahoma City when it comes to getting assistance. LifeSquire offers a range of services from personal assistance, grocery shopping, any sort of errand you want them to run, they can do it for you. Also, they will recruit and hire for your business. So it really does create this full service atmosphere with taking the stress away of getting these tasks done that I know we all get overwhelmed with. I also love that their whole team is experts. They're experts on organizing. They're experts on your kids. They're experts on all of these things. But if they happen to not be an expert, say in like bugs or landscaping, they will find an expert for you. Thing is on an app. So the fact that they have an app just makes it that much better. But on their app, they have this thing called the SOS function. And basically with one click, they will eliminate whatever problem you have. So say your kid forgot their their lunch or their snack at school, you can click the SOS and one of them will go take it to your child and your problem will be solved. Overall, I think that you can find something with them in every budget. So whether you need two hours of service or 20 hours of service, it doesn't matter. They will work with you. If you'd like to find more information, all you have to do is check out their website. It's LifeSquire, L-I-F-E-S-Q-U-I-R-E.com. Or you can check them out on Instagram or Facebook to get more information. Valerie, the owner, is so wonderful. And she really has created this one-stop shop for getting assistance in Oklahoma City. And her team is fabulous. So if you'd like to check them out, go for it. And thank you so much for being a sponsor of the podcast. Welcome, Chris Castro, to Action City. We're so excited to have you here. I know that we're going to get into all the details, but... We have just determined that we think Chris is a modern Renaissance man. Yes, that was the... that, that was our, that was how we we phrased it over here, and I think you guys are going to learn why we think that he's got his hands in all different kinds of things, mostly 
really fabulous creative endeavors that uh, have definitely made this a really great city to live in. So let's get started. Yeah, I'm excited. Welcome, Chris. Thank you guys for having me. So wait, before we get started, though, can you tell everybody what you brought us this morning? So I brought a little favorite from my childhood and really from there on. Um, It's a Mexican hot chocolate with uh, buttered bread. And it's if you've never had that, it's a real treat. And so you just take the hot chocolate and you dip buttered bread in it and it's the best bite. It's one of my favorite things. I think treat kind of like undersells it. I think it was, <laughs> like, it was indulgent. It, it, was it is decadent so for sure. Good. Well, and okay, so the we'll put the recipe on our Instagram. For sure. But the hot chocolate has le- or wait, not lemon zest, orange zest. Orange zest, cinnamon. cinnamon. What else? Uh, dark chocolate, milk. And I would say that salt. was whole milk. That yeah, there was no non-fat sure. situation yeah, no, going on there. It's not. It's not low calorie. Mm-hmm. I'm chocolate. glad I've been intermittent fasting, and I'm pretty sure that is not what you're supposed to break fast with. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. I don't think I did that right. But it was totally worth it. It was such a great start to a Monday. Such a it's going to make my start. week really be awesome. Yeah, I think. I think so. I think yeah, it set us up for a great week. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we usually start way at the beginning. Okay. And you're from California. Mm-hmm. Grew up in Southern California. Where? in Southern California. So I grew up in a little town called Chino and it is oh, yeah. probably about 30 miles east of Los Angeles. Okay. And so when my parents came to the U.S., they kind of were around Southern California. We ended up in in Southern California, actually in a housing project in Chino. Wow. Okay. So really, How old were your parents when they came to the U.S.? They were, oh, let's see. I think they, so I think my dad was 27 and my mom was like, 23. Did they come together or did they meet here? They came together. So they, they got married. They had their lives there. My dad had no desire to come to the U S at all. Like he loved his life there and everything. And my mom's like, and there you being Mexico. Yeah. Mexico. So they met in a town called Mexicali, which is on the border. Oh yeah. So they both kind of ended up there. They moved from where they used to live and were just working there. And, um, they got my parents like, Fell in love right away. Got married. Like I think they knew each other for two weeks. Got That's married. what my oh, parents did. Yeah, I mean, well, like not a, married. They got engaged after like six weeks. But it was the awesome. second time they saw each other. They got engaged. Yeah, that's kind of how my parents were. Okay. It's just like a real fast thing. And you know, they were married until my dad passed away and had a really good marriage. But uh, they, uh, when my mom, um, like anybody who knows her, she's just real fiery, like five foot two lady that will just. She didn't take anything <laughs> from anybody. And so my uh, my parents got married and my mom's like, I want to move to the U.S. And my dad's like, I don't. And she was like, well, if you want to be married to me, that's where I'm going. Oh, my so, gosh. So wow. Oh, my gosh. She's so fiery. So they ended up there and then we just kind of, you know, grew up there in a really, I mean, really culturally rich neighborhood, you know, lots of fruit trees. And, you know, uh, it's, I mean, in a way, dream. it felt like being in another country. Um, but then what was kind of cool is there were two elementary schools in the town. And so a lot of the kids from my school went to one school or from my neighborhood went to one school. And then my parents sent me to this other school. It was a little harder. And a lot of kids from Chino Hills came to that school. And, um, so I like, I always had homework when like my friends in the neighborhood did not but it's like, so my parents were kind of like, it's important for you to be in like that culture too. So I felt like it was kind of nice because at home I had like my Mexican culture and everything that was really familiar to me, but at school it was pretty much mostly American families. So I'd like go spend a night at a friend's house, with like a two story house and just like, you know, two working parents and it's just a different thing. And so it was fun to bring them to my house and have our food and get a little bit of our culture. And I quickly just learned, I mean, I learned English in school, so I didn't speak any English until I, until I was in preschool. Wow. And kind of my parents learned kind of through us. And so, you know, when you're, when you're a kid, like a first, first uh, generation immigrants, like they don't know how to do a lot of things that you take for granted that parents know how to do. And so like we go to the store and help my parents fill out a checkbook and go to the doctor and help them fill out forms because we understood the language. And then so it kind of helped us grow up really quickly, really but it also felt good to be able to kind of pitch help in and that contribute way. to the family. Yeah, and that really does make totally. You. And so it just made you a little more confident, I guess. I mean, yeah. I wanted something. I go up there and order it, you know? And so it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm thankful for that, for the chance for sure. How many siblings do you have? So there's four of us. I'm the oldest. And, uh, 
I have a brother that we're 11 months apart. Is, oh, my husband uh, and his sister are 11 months. Irish was, twins. Yeah, that's what they, they call it. Irish twin. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. My brother and I, everything was a competition growing up, even though I didn't know that. Like, it was just like, I'd do something and he'd be like, why, why are you doing that to me? I'm like, I'm just doing what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> and now we get along really well, but it took years. And then I have a sister that is a year apart from him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Your poor mother. <laughs> I my know. Goodness. She was like she constantly was pregnant. And then yes. I have a sister that's the baby and she was... Uh, we are six years apart. There are four in my family too, and I'm the oldest. That's yeah, being the oldest is kind of fun. It, it is kind of fun. Only you do feel like you're a parent before your time. I think one hundred <laughs> that, and your parents try out all the things that like. So oh, sorry, rougher. we were so hard on you. Like sorry, we let your younger brother do whatever he yeah, wanted. Pretty well, I think they just get tired at that point. <laughs> They're exhausted. That's by how it was in my family. Like my mom was real strict, and so I was tell I was telling my son about this. We had to have our um, like face washed, hair combed, everything before we sat down at the table. What? And it was just very like, it felt very formal. Okay. And it was like, we're just eating like whatever we're eating, you know. And then um, we weren't allowed to watch TV. So TV off. And then my parents would just kind of say like, tell me about your day. And what was like something you really liked in your day today? And so we'd just go around and like chat. So that, that was really fun. But like my brother would. A lot of times do something really gross at the table. My mom would make him get up, take his plate and go eat in the bathroom. <gasps> she was like, if you do something gross while you're eating at the table, you can go eat in the bathroom. Well, oh, my so God. My husband will say that. He'll say, my dad may, used to make me eat outside if I had bad table manners. But <laughs> that didn't really help with the table manners. Okay, It didn't improve the table manners at all. That's my brother definitely... Same. Like the couple, he's, I think he was like scarred from having to go be in there crying and then he'd, you know, shape up and come back out and have like exquisite manners. So it's, oh it's my God. So it worked at your house. My mom though. just didn't bluff. She's still like that. Like now I like realize it, but it took for a while, a while to be like, oh, she's serious. You know, every time she'd say something, no, that's not how I parent, you know, it's just so different. So my kids are like, oh, dad, like he's such softy. You know? <laughs> such a softy. Just so different. So you guys always, you sat down at the table growing we up. We sat down at the table, the breakfast, beginning. lunch, and dinner. So even in high school, I remember sitting down and having breakfast with my family before we went to school. And so. And your mom and dad both sat down for breakfast. When they could. A lot of times yeah. my dad, if he left early, she'd make him something and then he'd he go. Yeah. So, breakfast is tough, but dinner, yeah. that was always dinner a family sure. meal. Yeah. It's just yeah. important. It's nice that's same with my family. I feel like. And so do you do this with your children? Yeah. Same. I feel like it's something that if your parents did, you realize how important we it did is. it. I mean, totally. we we sat down for breakfast. My dad didn't, but and dinner. I mean, and same dinner. Thing. Yeah. yeah, it was it just feels special. Well, and I feel like now. I mean, I'm not the best cook. I know you're an exceptional cook, but I, it's it's fun to watch your parent cook. And yeah. I realize now that Huffman likes to watch me cook. Yeah. And I think your kids probably love to watch you and your wife cook. Yeah. I think it's just something that like, I don't know, they see kind of what goes into it and they see, I don't know, it just makes it feel a little more like they're, we're putting we're putting something into it so we can all like get together and sit you know, and sometimes the thing is, is like. Benny has basketball practice or whatever, we'll like pick something up, but we still like, and that's what's been kind of fun even about during the pandemic. It's hasn't, it's, it hasn't changed like sitting down and eating meals. It's just like we, if we get takeout, we like bring it all home and Goldie gets out the cloth napkins and puts Aww. them in the spots. And <laughs> she's very like, oh, well you can't sit there because that's where mom sits, you know? And so like Trisha and I sit across from each other so we can. And then Frankie sits at the head so we can like both kind of feed them. It's a tag team at yeah. your house. You've and got three. Yeah. And so it's just, and then, you know, the other two over here, but it's like, it's kind of fun that they're even like, they just kind of expect to sit down at a table. Yeah. So I agree. I love that. So what was high school like for you to kind of go back? So high school was, um, so we ended up in, in Oklahoma, probably around middle school. Oh, okay. From California. How did that happened. I think it's just, you know, a combination of things, but like, you know, housing was really expensive. Yeah. Cost of living. Yeah. And so it was just one of those things like my parents always wanted to have a house and they had some friends from California that moved to Broken Arrow of all places. And, uh, they were chatting and like, yeah, you know, there's houses here for whatever. So we just packed up and left and came here. And do you remember being sad about it or excited or what did really you upset? I remember being like, I'm just like taking everything I know taking I love the mountains like my dad and I used to go hiking all the time and that was kind of the beauty of growing up in California is we grew up really poor but I mean we just get in the car and go to the mountains or go to the beach right and you know my mom made great food and cooked something in the campfire so we were do we did that a lot a lot of my childhood was spent weekends at the beach in the mountains so 
I think that I, that's still two two things I really love. Probably mountains more than beach now, but that's a big part of even now. Like we try to go to like we haven't done it as much lately, but weekend let's just go on a hike. Let's go somewhere and like go walk together. And so um, we moved here, and that was really hard. You know, just culturally, like there were no Hispanics in Broken Arrow. You know, and and so that part of it was was kind of in tough. Tulsa were there Hispanics? I mean, because Broken yeah, Arrow is not that far from Tulsa. There are. Right? And I think even so what's funny is my side of Broken Arrow sounds funny, but there's like a south and a north side and the south side has like no Hispanics. And then the north side, as I found out later, was like, hey, you guys have all been over here on this side. And I have no idea. So, <laughs> and it's not that big. I can't. Yeah, imagine it's, it. it's 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 really not. But as I uh, so they break up the high schools before you go to the big high school, it, there's an intermediate high school. So there's a north and a south. And so once I started wrestling, I wrestled in high school. All the all the Mexican guys were at the other school and they were all on the team. So it was kind of like, I felt like, you know, I found my people by then, but uh, I don't know. To me, it was kind of fun because you get to show people your culture and that's always, I always enjoy that and you get to share it. And so it's like, you can be like, well, they don't know about it. So they should go learn about it. And I think that's fine. But to me, it was fun to like have people over and show them like, Oh, this is like what you think of my culture. This is actually what it's like. And that's what Nikeo, I'm somebody that, we interviewed previously. That's kind of what she said about her culture because her um, grandparents were Kenyan. Well, and I and think her, her parents, parents, her parents came from. Kenya um, and so she said the same thing. She said it was really fun to have her friends over and kind of experience yeah. her culture. Yeah. It's like you feel like you're an ambassador for your culture. And that's like kind of a, I don't know, it feels like a good spot. to Yeah. Be. I, I love going to someone else's home and being a guest in their home, especially for a dinner and getting yeah. to experience their traditions. Same. And, it's one of my favorite things to do. Well, and what's cool about that too is everything you do is is ordinary and normal, and sometimes it even pulls out some of the like special parts of it. And then you go see how somebody else does it. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, what we do is actually pretty special, and what they do is really special because you know it's just so different. And so, I mean, that's how we are. Even like with food, it's like I'll go to anybody's house and eat anything. It's like to me the fact that someone took time to cook a meal for me is super, super nice. Like I will always accept that. And I'm not like Trisha and I aren't like picky. We just love sharing food with people. It doesn't really matter what it is at the end of the day. We just like to cook, but that's like one of my favorite things is just to go to somebody's house and like experience their hospitality. Yeah. I love, I'm like not the best cook for a big, big group. However, making a table is one of my favorite things. And I feel like there's something to that. You know Absolutely. what I mean? It's, it's definitely a, I don't know. I think, yeah, it shows your personality. It shows your hospitality, all those good things. So you make your way to OU. Yeah. So went graduated from Broken Arrow. Then again, I was the first one in my family to go to college. And it was kind of like, you know, even like hand holding with my parents. I'm like, yeah, I think I think we can do this and you got to fill this out and I got to go here. So it was just like kind of learning all this stuff. But it sounds like that they were sort of put you on that path from an early age. Yeah, they really they, did. They focused on education. Yeah, they did. Because I mean, like for my mom, it was coming here. So we'd have a better opportunity basically right. at the end of the day. And so for me, even like, and I was telling someone this the other day, it's in a very non-pressure way. Like I didn't feel like pressure to do it. I was like, I want to do this because my parents gave up so much for me to do this that like that's feels like the right thing to do without and without pressure. So like my parents were always like, you should do what makes you happy. Like we know there's all sorts of things you can do. There's things we want you to do, but you should do the things that that you want to do and you find joy in because at the end of the day, it's your life. And that's the things that you're going to you're going to have to do that from now on. So my dad, like. Grew up with a lot of pressure from his dad to do certain things. And my dad just wanted to be a carpenter. And so he was like, he kind of was like the black sheep because he didn't, you know, his his brothers and sisters taught at like the university in Mexico and stuff. And my dad just wanted to do carpentry. He didn't like school and he just liked to build with his hands and he was very artistic. So I grew up watching my dad draw and build things. And so he never put pressure on, even with sports, he was like, I mean, I want you to do something, but do whatever you want. I don't really care what it is as long as you like doing it. You know, you're not going to do something well if you don't enjoy it. And so that was always kind of in us. And so, yeah, I I was like, I want to do art. You know, that's like what I, and then most parents, it's like, oh no, that's terrible. (laughs) How are you going to make any money doing that? Why don't you really pick something, you you know? (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I ended up at OU after going to Tulsa Community College to get to just do basics, just like from a financial standpoint, that made like a lot of sense to our family. And then I earned some um, 
college credit hours in high school doing AP art. And so as soon as I had enough basically to not live in the dorms at OU, I just went to OU. Ended up meeting up with some of my friends from high school. I don't know if you guys know who Bo Jennings is. He's a good friend of mine. He's a musician and like just a really great guy. But he's an old friend of mine from high school. He called us and was like, I found a house in uh, in Norman for us to live in. I was like, oh, great. So I'm like, I'm going to move to Norman. We'll go to college there. And then another buddy of mine that was going to UCO met there too. So there's four of us. We'd never seen this house. Just accepted it without seeing it. And so excited. (laughs) <laughs> we go, we get there and I'm like, this cannot be the house. There's no way. And it was like in a part of campus that's gone now. Um, 450 square feet. For four, four people. Four guys. I built bunk beds like the day we got there because we like we brought beds. And I was like, where are we going to sleep? These don't fit. Our bed, our room is so small. So I built a set of bunk beds, went to the hardware store and just built bunk beds and like bolted them into the wall. Oh my gosh! It was like this some is of so the, typical was, male, oh. not even asking any questions <laughs> know, right? in advance. Yeah, you're like, I'm just moving. Oh, it was God. so funny, like <laughs> just uh, just to come into that situation. And but we had like a little patio and a grill, so we honestly spent as if the weather allowed. Most of the time, was just spent out there. What what, do you, what kind of kitchen it. is in 450 square feet? I mean, that's probably like not an oven. a great one. I yeah. think a kitchenette would be the right yeah, term. It felt like a kitchenette. Yes. And it was like, wait, where do we put the dishes? Like there was no counter. Space. I don't think you're using dishes. Yeah. Well, and so <laughs> that's what was funny is we like we basically had because, you know, guys can be real bad about like doing dishes. And so we basically had like there's two of us that are pretty clean and then two of us that were not. So we're like, we just need to have one dish, one set of utensils, one cup per person. So if you haven't washed yours, then you don't have a clean one. Oh my god! And that system worked pretty that well. That taught you how to cook in the in the kitchen at complex. Yeah, probably for sure. Tiny it's just little, tiny space, tiny little spot. <laughs> well, that's what was you know funny. Even for um, the longest time, Trish and I, when we when we got married and had a house, our first house didn't have a dishwasher, and we cooked all the time. So we we're just like hand washing stuff. So when we finally got a dishwasher, we're like, this is amazing. Like, it is. It's a life <laughs> I'm a king. Yeah, I know. It felt like we're yeah. spoiled. Like, go we, ahead and use another spoon. We'll wash why it. Why not? Yeah. We had that in business school. We had no dishwasher. And we used to have dinner parties for 10 yeah. people, 15 people, 20 yeah, when people. I lived and in and we, York, would, we didn't have We didn't one. care. We loved yeah. it. And, yeah. you know, there's something kind of like, even that, I think it's just enjoying even those things. Like, sometimes you're just like, you know, when you're getting in there and everybody's kind of doing the dishes and you're just chatting and like drinking wine. And I don't know. It's just it extends the party. I've never really there does. a shared experience. It really does. Trying to clean the and place. So it's just like getting everybody to pitch in and do it together is really neat. But So you survived the 450 square feet? Survived the 450. Uh, did one semester <laughs> of that. Um, and then you're like, I'm out of here. Yeah. And then we found another place. And so the, the, the party kind of split up. Um, but uh, at the next place is kind of where a lot of the cooking started a little more because so I uh, I started cooking at the little house and basically it came out of like I had no money. My roommates go to Sam's and buy all this like what felt like really expensive stuff. And I'm like, you're eating it in like two days. You know, I, I got to like make this last. So I'd call my mom and ask her how to make something and she'd tell me and i'd go to the store and like you know get rice and tomatoes and do stuff like that and pretty soon i was like wow that was pretty good and then what i kept running into there at first was i'd make something and i wanted to share it just so people could try it and i'd get feedback and then it'd be really good and then say there's no way you made this like who made this you know it's like (laughs) a dude cooking a college guy cooking and there's like and so that kind of started happening where it was like who made that you know just kept and i and i was just basically just cooking, th- and, you know, this was before Google. So it's like, go to the yeah. library, get a book and cook. And so one of my, one of my friends gave, I still have the cookbook. It was a better homes and garden, like whatever edition that year. Was it the red and white check? Yeah. Red and white jacket. Oh yeah. yes. Uh-huh. My mom has that. And it's like the, and it was like, <laughs> um, it's basically like a three ring binder kind of style book. And so, and you can see, you can, you can open that book and tell the things I've made the most from it. Like just because, they're like, those pages are real worn. So I basically went in there and was like, what are things I like to eat? So I started picking it out. Like I loved eggs Benedict when I was in college and high school. Those were like, that was like my favorite breakfast. So I like learned how to make hollandaise sauce. And then I just like make that. And then I'd add, you know, a friend's birthday is coming up. And I'm like, what's your favorite thing? And they're like zucchini bread. So I like make zucchini bread and just started kind of cooking through the book and just learning how to make things. And, you know, it's funny. Some of my favorite things I make 
I would have to say like the foundation of some of those came from those days of like cooking out of that. Like I make banana pudding all the time and like my original, my recipe for my banana pudding, the like custard base came from like the technique I learned from that book. That's so funny. And so it's like, I still have it. And it's like one of those things where I'm like, that book is falling apart and like, (laughs) I could never get rid of it. It's just like, is yeah, we have that. And then a binder of, printed out Epicurious and like hand, you know, handwritten recipes Trisha and I had from the days when we first started dating and just like cooking. So do you have a big cookbook collection or that's, that's I it? Don't. The, yeah. I mean, don't. we, we have them and like cookbooks now are like, you know, like I got this Oaxaca cookbook for Christmas and it's just such a beautiful book. And I is hope it the pink re- and orange one. Yeah. It has all like, uh-huh. the kind of like yeah, concentric so, lines and it, stuff. It looks like a, it looks like a coffee table. Book. Yeah. It's I mean, it's beautiful. beautiful. And that's you don't like, want to get all your drippings all over it when you open it up and cook from it. Yeah. That's how you we are. So now it it's like, I'll kind of open it, like kind of study it. And then like kind of inspires you to go use some things that you have, you know, and and make something and you know now the, the older i get too i kind of really like to tap into like my roots and yeah. kind of go back to like the mexican stuff that's probably my favorite thing to cook just because it comes the most natural but you just see ingredients used that you've always used but maybe used differently in books like that in a really traditional way so like one thing i've gotten into is um taking like heirloom dried corn and cooking it in or you know cooking it with the like a uh, slacked lime and then letting it sit overnight and then grinding it. And that's how you make tortillas. Oh and so like, even gosh. like, even my mom With doesn't do that. In it? Interesting. So it's like this, uh, it's like, um, so it makes it alkaline. So it's this lime, like a uh, lime, like the mineral. So it's like a white powder and you put it in there and it just transforms it. And so that's what made corn nutritious. So when like the, uh, the Europeans came over and saw all these people living and they're just eating corn and they're like, how are they not malnourished? Well, they were like getting all this nutrition. It just makes it more, um, a more nutritious food. And it also helps with uh corn really has like three layers in it. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of releases those parts. And then it, it, you still have like the starch, but it makes some of it kind of gummy Bind where together. you can make a tortilla. So like you couldn't take cornmeal and make a tortilla, a corn tortilla. You have to use corn like that. So it's real similar to hominy. So like oh, if you ground, like if that, you ground hominy, you could probably make, make a, tortilla a tortilla out of it. Oh, you should well, make a hominy tortilla. Yeah. I mean, that'd be like a fun, yeah. easy, quick one to do. But it's like homemade corn tortillas are like one of my all time favorite things. And they're like really hard to find because even here, like there's good tortillas that are made. Corn tortillas was still made with what's called maseca, which is like a masa. It's a, yeah, like it's an instant masa. So they basically make a masa, then they dry it. And then you just rehydrate it with water. And those are still fantastic tortillas, but making it with the like whole grain corn and, you know, and like I bought grinding it up yourself, grinding and- it yourself. Yeah. And there's all these varieties that like you wouldn't even know exist, like Oaxacan green corn. And then he's just like these little blue bolita corn. So there's a site that I order this stuff from and I get like five pounds of corn and then just like play with it and make stuff and you can make you know tamales tortillas like all sorts of stuff with it i'm gonna move next door i was gonna say house next yeah. door goes for sale <laughs> well okay so you you're cooking at night for all your friends you're going to school during the day you're getting an art degree what, what yeah so i did i initially you? i did uh studio art so i was a printmaking major I and, did printmaking and it was, I loved it. It was uh-huh. actually at Cassidy. I did it oh, you did? Mm-hmm, for a trimester. It's such a fun. Did you do, medium. did you were do, were you carved into something or did you do the glass one? So I did, I did, we did the glass. I had a etching class. So I did etching. Is that um, what it's called? Etching? Is that yeah, what I'm trying to say? So the etching was the one where you carve into the metal yeah. and then it eats away, like uh-huh. the acid eats away. Mm-hmm. And then we did um, mono prints with like the glass. Yeah. And then we did like carvings, like little block printing. Yeah. And then I also did syringe which is basically a fancy word for screen printing. So I did like fine art screen printing and that was my major. So I like, you know, had little, had shows in college where like, you know, and you'd like sell prints and stuff. And that was something I really liked to do. And then I made a switch to uh, graphic design at OU. And so at OU, you have to, you have to do your year of foundations and then you go into your, whatever your uh, area of studies is. And in the graphic design school, they only take 18 students a year to allow for two transfers. And that's a three-year program. Is that still wow. what they do now today? Yeah. One of, a woman who works in the graphic design department is a really good customer. I mean, a really good customer at Greta. Her name's Sherry Enrico. I love oh, okay. her. That's awesome. She, she is like the coolest lady. She's probably six, awesome. 670 maybe. Oh, my God. 
she's awesome. So yeah. She's and it's like, and it's like such a cool, I mean, the program's really great in the arts. I mean, going to going like being in art school was really a fun experience to me. Like it's different than like the rest of college yeah. in a way, you know? And, um, so you graduate and what, what, do you do with that degree? I guess if you have a graphic design degree, there's yeah, probably so a lot I, of things. So you yeah, do. I graduated with, I ended up graduating with a graphic design degree. Um, and, and that's, what's kind of fun is once I went into graphic design, I would still take these printmaking classes. So I'd like work on a project where I'd go and like screen print, print part of my assignment and apply that to my graphic design. And so, so for me, cool. I always love, and I'm still like this and I'm sure it's kind of like just like a dorky dad thing, but like, I love like analog versions of things like I always have, even when I was a kid. So it's like, like I, I, one thing people probably don't know about, I hate spending money on electronics. Like I don't like buying a TV. I don't want to buy a phone. Like I have to have a phone and it's like, I get no pleasure out of having a phone. Like I'm like, okay, cool. I, I have the phone and like, I love Instagram. Like it's like really fun kind of medium, but it's like, I'd rather go shoot with a film camera and listen to a record and you know, and I have, we, we try not to like collect and hoard things. And it's one of those things where Trisha, when we were dating, it was like, wait, how many record players do you have? And I was like, You're like oh, you don't need to know. I have like four because <laughs> what if this one breaks and like, this one's really cool and I want to use it sometimes. I like it. So it's like, we kind of, you know, have like, you know, she makes you get rid of stuff. Gets me. But yeah. And it's like, and to me, it's kind of fun to like give it to somebody who's like, is going to enjoy it. You know, or if you, or if you like, can like, light that spark of them getting into it and moving on with it, then that's like totally worth it. So, but that's kind of one of those things and cooking's kind of the same way. Yeah. It's like, there's so many quick ways to cook. And those so many are gadgets. The yeah. Cooking gadgets are insane. Totally. Okay, and I'm Chris, like, don't need all Chris that sent stuff. me this torch. He saw Jeff was trying to use that little torch and then he a sent me. A little sear Yeah. And now you like the real Where does it come from? Home Depot? Is no. It like that what kind of did you the, send me? The base is like just a, like, that's what my like brulee torch is like a, torch from home depot but the it's the, called a sears all and so it's like a head and it diffuses the heat and has like a screen and you just put it over like a steak and it just like makes uh, it yeah. nice and crispy oh that's well, the, how gracie the pittsburgh style yeah my 12 year old orders it's, the pittsburgh well, style just send me the link so because well, we used it at we used one i'd always wanted one we used it at the kitchen because you know we didn't have a Proper. One of those, yeah. We have like stick a, that thing. But when you sent me the flame. torch in my head, I was like, "This guy probably has a lot of gadgets." <laughs> you know what's funny is I, I, and I really don't like because at the end of the day, if I can do it with a gadget or I can do it by hand, there's just something fun. I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, I get home from work and. I get home from work. Someone's working at home. I was so going to say, I, I get up, I get up from, from my table and walk to the walk kitchen. across the kitchen. <laughs> and like start something. There's just something really fun about, you know, and I've gone, I've gone kind of through this, you know, where like I used to make biscuits all the time and I made them with a food processor and that's easy and it works. And like, if that's what you need to do to make the biscuits, you should do that. But now I'm like, okay, I'm over using the dish. I just want to do my, with my hands and like a fork and. So I think it's just like I constantly it's your medi meditation. Really. Yeah, it it's really is. It's a way to, to kind of decompress, release, into... and like ideas come for things. Mm -hmm. Like you know, especially like when you when you do you know creative, and I think really anything. But sometimes you run out of ideas, and so you're like, I need something to recharge my battery. So sometimes that looks like going on a walk, or you know, listening to a record, or cooking a meal. Like, and so those things just kind of recharge your batteries, especially if you're doing it every day. And it's the same way, like when I was cooking at the kitchen, I needed to do the other side of it. So I needed, I needed like art and I needed graphic design to kind of like help me be in the right mindset to constantly Because you were be cooking, cooking for yeah. a job now at the kitchen. Yeah. And so they both kind of feed each other. And sometimes one is like way more of, you know, of the time. And so I need the other one to, to feed that and it's kind of. It all out. You just kind of go back and forth. So between, sorry. No, um, go. Between graduation and the kitchen, sort of what what's happening? Because <laughs> so I much. feel like, yeah. I, I know this is so crazy. Can you ask us how old somebody is? I have no sense for, how, like, when when did you graduate from college? Can I guess? Just get a year. Yeah, you can yeah, guess. guess. I think you're 46. I'm 40. Oh, oh sorry. No, you can't. Take no offense to that. Do you think it's the it's the sweater? That's it's really definitely the sweater. Chris I'm, is wearing this really cool I'm, kind I'm of totally brown, an old shawl man colored sweater. Sure. Well, I was just thinking about your how old your children are, but it sounds like maybe you and Trisha had kids young. Yeah, so we got married at so we got married in two thousand five. 
Okay. So I was, I had just, I was 24. Yeah. Okay. So, so she this was about makes, to turn. This makes sense. Okay. Now. This makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You guys were young when you got married. And so we had, we had our, um, I was 28 when we had Benny and that's how old my dad was when he had me. So that's how old, funny. that's how old we were when we had Huffman. 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like kind of like, so young though. I was not even engaged. It, 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 it is young. People. You know, that's, and that's yeah, the thing is like, now. it felt in our, the people we were around at the time, it felt like, not like, Oh man, when are you guys going to have kids? But like, cause we wanted to have time married just on our own before. So we were married four years and then had a kid. And I was like, we're going to end up with like another dog or <laughs> I think we really want kids, but it's just like, we're like, do we, you know? And so it just kind of happened. Like we're, we we we're ready for kids and you know once you're ready i mean that's why i tell people that i'm like i'm not ready for kids i'm like good you just you so did trisha right. date you during the four or the 400 square foot house <laughs> no okay no, no. So, there's no way they would be married if she dated yeah the seriously house. the trisha the trisha story is kind of funny because so we met in the art school okay and because um, is she an art teacher she's an art teacher now yeah and so she was a painting major so she was a studio major and when i knew trisha she always painted and i feel like she always had like a paintbrush somewhere or like paint on her pants or something, you know? And so she was just, uh, to me, very inspired. Even like now, like I'm like, I draw a lot of inspiration from Trisha, like the things that, and a lot of things like, so like the menu at the kitchen, I was like, I just want a, I just want a menu that Trisha would come sit down and eat. Like Aww. that was like my, you know, reasoning for like making a lot of the food. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, you know, from, from the time we started hanging out, we were just like, I was just like really inspired by her. And um, what's funny, though, is um, I, I don't know if I've told the story to, like, a, a large group of people. Well, but, um, this, this is Action City. We have a huge <laughs> following. It's a huge following. So, huge. <laughs> so uh, we um, so I was in art school and I saw this girl wearing this, like, blue coat on this, like, beach cruiser. And I was like, whoa, who is that? Oh, my gosh. Aww. And then just, like, kind of, you know, didn't see her, whatever. And then I told, I asked Trisha about, I tell the kids this and Trisha's like, I don't even remember this, but of course she doesn't. And so we are walking across, um, the crosswalk. I was going to the art school. So I was going headed like South across campus. So I was right, right by like the, the president's house. Oh yeah. Walking on campus, and she was walking, um, and she was headed North on that same crosswalk. And I remember I saw her and like, I felt like, like my eyes locked with hers and I was like, there's that girl again. Oh my gosh. So I remember I went into my class and I told like kind of jokingly told my professor, I was like, I saw this girl. And like, I just like, man, it's just like feel things. Like she's just I love like, that you told your professor that I did. Cause I really, like we were, that we're, was brave. We we're like real close. And I was like, kind of just like, you know, Oh, you know, like kind of joking, like that's the one, you know, whatever. Aww. And so we were in class and I, I, I went to go take a break and I, there used to be a lot of lobby get on campus and I would go get uh, Earl Grey tea and like these two little like hard rolls with like butter. So I was like, anybody want anything? I'm going to run over there real quick and grab some. So I go, there's that girl in that blue coat again. And she is talking to a group of people. And I just hear like what I think are British accents. And I'm like, oh, is she British? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there, and um, so I'm like, wow, that girl's British, too. Oh my now gosh. she's British. I mean, this is really <laughs> so, so it's like just like this like girl and is, you know, kind of on, on and off see her around. And I didn't have any like common friends with her or anything. I wouldn't I mean, I didn't really know anything about her. So then this girl I have a screen printing class with. I'm like, do you know, Trisha? That girl or no. Do you know that girl in the blue coat? Like this kind of she's like, oh, Trisha. I was like, yeah, Trisha. I was like, who is that? And she's kind of told me she's like, oh, she's a painting major. I was like, man, she is just rocking something, you know? <laughs> and I was like, and this is like, you know, I was like, tell her Chris Castro says hi. And I didn't think she would say it, you know? And so I was like, did you tell her? And she was like, yeah, I did. And I was like, next time you see her, tell her I said it again. So I like kept doing this and it just kind of became a like a thing, you know? And I would never like run into her. So I was like, oh, maybe like I'm just never see her now or whatever. And so I was like, kind of, kind of like, you know, didn't really think about it. And um, my friend Bo Jennings, who was my roommate at the time, was like, hey, we're going to go to a concert at the Opolis. Um, you want to go? And I was like, sure. I was like, who's going? He's like, I don't know, Hamish. And then so Hamish was this Australian guy. And then I think somebody else was going. I was like, oh, cool. So we live in this house. You know how a lot of those houses are broken up where it's like it's like a house. But then like like where what should have been the front door was actually my bedroom. And then the front door now was like where the kitchen was. And so I hear a knock on the door. 
to and your I, bedroom to my bedroom which looks like the front looks door like the front of a door. house gotcha and i open it and i'm like and it's trisha oh so it's God. hamish that guy and trisha and they're like hey how's it going i was like are you gonna go with us i was like yeah and i'm like uh so she was and he was like do you guys know each other and she's like this is chris castor and trisha's like we haven't ever met but i know who you are was she in her blue coat when she came to she didn't door? have her blue coat because by this time it was like almost summer oh, summer <laughs> you know for like a for like valentine's day you should get her a new blue coat well i got her a, i try to find the same one because it's a coat from j crew oh. and i think she still has it but they discontinued that blue but i got her this yellow one like Aww. a few years ago as like a kind of nod to that and that's like the coat she wears but um, because it got ruined, she spilled coffee on it and then like waited too long. And then like we took it to get cleaned at like three different places and they couldn't take it out. And so Jeff would never do this. No, by the way, no. I'm just I listening mean, to this like, like, oh, my gosh. And so uh, I, uh, I opened the door and it's her and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like I would like say telling her to say Was hi. she with Hamish. Were they on a date? Or no, no, they were. They were they, just so friends. they had dated before. And at this point, they were just okay. friends. And so Hamish was is this really cool guy. Yeah, she was available. And but I didn't know that at the time necessarily. And so I was so I'm, we're going to this thing and I'm like and she's like, I know who you are like because of the like, say, Chris Kester says hi. So I was like a little bit embarrassed, but I thought it was kind of funny. So we're watching this band and there's just this band I liked in high school. Called, I mean, it's like you wouldn't know. It's like this little indie band called Joe Christmas. And the lead singer started a new band and they were playing Anthopolis. And so I was like, oh, this guy is cool. Like, I've always loved this guy. So we are. um at the opposite side of the table, drinking a beer, and this guy's talking to Trisha, just totally hitting on her. And the I can lead singer of the band, the lead singer, and oh. I can tell that she's like maybe not feeling it, like you know? not comfortable. And that wasn't like me being like, "Well, I'm gonna," you know. It's just yeah, like I just in. she just felt like she's kind of kept looking around and stuff. And so, um, I just went over there and like sat down with her, and I was like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" So I just like I'm gonna like geek out about the band with this guy and he'll go away. So I did that. He walks away. Trish and I sit by each other, talk the rest of the night, hung out into the night. We've pretty much been hanging out since. Aww. And it's like, I mean, it's so apparent though, that you guys have this crazy connection and I don't, I've never even met your wife, but just whenever you talk about her, any, I actually read that, uh, I think it was like Metro family article oh, about okay. you guys. And I was like, this, they just seem so, connected in a way that seems super deep it just felt like right off the bat we really got to hit it off um i don't know what it, i mean i don't know what it was it's just i remember we had been um so one thing is like i was like man she's so cool and we'd like she's like foreign films and we'd like watch you know like amelie and all these things that like i was into too that like you know, a lot of times you just think like, oh, well, we just have different interests. That's okay. And that is totally okay. But yeah. when you meet somebody that you really like and you have so much in common right off the bat, I think you just really get to dive in deep. And so she liked to cook and she cooked things I never cooked. So we like really learned from each other. So we'd like run to the Asian market and go get ingredients and like make curry and like listen to records. And I was like, this is like the best. I couldn't have dreamt a better yeah. match. I mean, it, it was just like so perfect. And like, oh, you like vintage stuff too? This is, you know, it's just like we're constantly just like, just these things were just connecting. So I remember probably when I was in, um, probably like, like 11th grade or something, I asked my dad, I was like, how'd you know mom was the one? He's like, you just know. And I'm like, that's, that's like so dumb. Like, can you, this just, isn't a movie, dad. Can you give me an answer? Like, that's just, and he's like, son, you just know, like, trust me. And so I remember we'd gone to the Asian market. We'd probably been dating like, I don't know, a month. Maybe. I was going to say weeks or something. Yeah. It was like, not a lot. And I like, I remember I like, called my dad and I was like, dad, remember that conversation we had? And he's like, I was like, I found the one. Aww. He was like, are you serious? And like, I was like, and he like, he kind of started like crying. And so my dad was funny. Cause like when I was a kid, he was just this real tough guy. Just like not show a lot of emotions. And it was like, by, as like each kid was born, he was like, so by the end, like by the time I was a grown up, he was just a real like sensitive, real like sweet guy. And so you like tell him anything. He was like, Sh you know, they, and, and that's kind of like, Trisha laughs at me because like something will happen and I won't cry, but then it'll be like a movie. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> you know, like, that's so, you know, and it's like my dad was like that. And so I told him, I, I remember he was like, son, that's so great. I can't wait to meet her. And my dad had been real sick at this point. And so it was one of those things where like we it felt like he could die at any time. And so like I spent a few years kind of waiting for that to happen, like being scared it would happen. 
So I took, you know, I, I took Trisha to Tulsa. My family met her and I was like, oh, mom, she's great. She loves cilantro. You know, it was like a big deal. <laughs> you know, because a lot of people don't like cilantro. I didn't know that there were people who didn't like <laughs> cilantro. I, I was going to say that's never. I don't even. So yeah. uh, I remember we would like go home to Broken Arrow and like I'd take Trisha to my family. And my mom is like, I, I told Trisha, I was like, my mom's great, but she's not. She's not a small talker. And she like I've had girlfriends that she's been like. I mean, I don't really like her. Like, that's, you know, you date whoever you want. But, like, that's just not, I don't think she's right for you. I mean, they're just very, like, cut and dry about things like yeah. that. So, I was like, I'm just telling you, I think she'll love you because you're wonderful. But just, I'm telling you, don't expect her to be like, like, in our family, it was rude to ask, like, what do you do? Like, you kind of get to know people by, like, having them over at your house and mm -hmm. feeding them and all that. And so, it's just culturally, it's just different. And so, um, my mom wasn't the one would be like, what do your parents do? You know, it's just like kind of like sit there and feed you and then kind of get to know you. And my parents, like we get there and there's like a mountain of cilantro at the table and like all this, she prepared this big Mexican feast and they just like loved Trisha from day one. Aww. And like my sisters loved her and it was just like, so that sealed the deal. I mean, you already yeah. knew, but when your it was family, just right. my family just loves someone as much as you do. Yeah. That I mean, it was instant. And and I would say the same with her family, like for me. And we joke that like I could go to their house and not bring Trisha and it'd be like, oh, totally fine. Like Chris is here. And like same with like I Trish could go see my family. And they wouldn't they probably wouldn't even ask about me. It'd just be like, <laughs> you know, now if we didn't bring the kids, it'd be one thing. But um, and so that just felt really good. It felt really yeah. good to have just like this acceptance like that. And it just, and it just like, that just kept snowballing. And so Trisha and I just kind of like grew together and, you know, our interests really grew. And, you know, even now, like, so I don't know if you guys have seen, she's like started painting. She paints a ton. So uh, she was yes, always I always a painter. I've been yes. seeing those paintings and every time I'm like, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And then it's sold. Yeah. They're, and they're, she, she, you know, she's, and, and it's so cool because like that was always a part of her. And I think sometimes like as a mom, like, yeah, you, you know, moms kind of are the ones that kind of sacrifice those things sometimes. And it's like, even if I want to, it's like, end of the day, it's like, well, Frankie wants mom. And so it's like, we were sitting down one day and I was like, what do you want to do? Like, what, what is like something you're not doing that you feel like you want to do? And she's like, I want to paint again. So I was like, we're going to like make it possible for you to paint. Like whatever has to happen for you to paint, we'll do that. So I was like, if a kid gets up and I got to go lay down with them, whatever, like we'll just, and they cry until whatever, we'll just do that. You pull your hair and out. so I remember we were at an estate sale and I ran in and this like, uh, this like artist lady had died and she had all this cool stuff. So I bought like a, a like stool and like I think we had bought Trisha an easel for her birthday and then all these paints and it just felt and then I bought like a roll of canvas like we could like stretch some canvases so we just kind of made it a thing and like this started probably a little bit before the pandemic and then she started painting and now it's like she's painting all the time so it's just like her it's really cool it's so beautiful it's and it's really like pretty it's so natural to her and she's always like She's always painted women, like always since I knew her. I was going to ask you, is that her, is that kind of what she. Yeah, that's yeah. just, that's always been, it's always been figure drawings and they've kind of like morphed over the years and, you know, there for a while, so it was kind of hard because she's an art teacher. And so like she never showed her kids her art because she did a lot of nudes and stuff. And now they're a little more like abstract even. Yeah. And so it's like, it feels kind of different, but I don't know. It's just cool to see this part of her that like was still there, but just kind of maybe asleep, just kind of wake up again. So recently. has she done the same thing for you? Because you've had a lot of different sort of paths. Yeah. Trisha is just very supportive. I mean, like for us, it's like I was telling somebody this other day and, I, and this is actually somebody to my son. It's like because I feel like I'm a, like a really happy person, like just in general, like, you know, it's and I told my son, I'm like, if you can share in other people's happiness, you're going to be happier a lot more. Like there's yeah. more opportunities mm -hmm. to be happy. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate your listening to these stories. You can find us on Instagram at ActionCityOKC or for business inquiries, email us at hello at ActionCityOKC.com. Action City is produced by Blacken Studios. You can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Blacken Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll. <laughs>